The Persistent and Nasty podcast is a series of interviews and informal discussions with inspiring women and other marginalised voices in theatre, film and beyond. From actors to activists, we aim to amplify these voices and invite the world to stay nasty. Hello you gorgeous law and welcome to another episode of the Persistent and Nasty Podcast, Edinburgh Festival Fringe Series 2022. I hope you're all doing well, looking after yourselves, keeping hydrated, um, doing whatever you need to do. If you are doing a show at the festival, keep powdering on through, you're doing great, you've got this. Also just a shout out to the people who fly at the festival, it is by far one of the most soul destroying jobs to do haven't done it myself it is painful so if you are doing that I just want to say you're doing brilliantly keep doing you don't let it get you down and um yeah it's just it's the one of the shittiest parts of it but you know everybody who has been at the festival and has done that totally empathises with you and they'll definitely take a flyer. Today's episode, Louise and I chat with the brilliant Joyce Branner. We talk about uh, Joyce's latest show, which is at the festival called Classic, where they cover 42 classic books in one hour. A real fun filled show for your festival and uh, definitely one that you should uh, check out. All details are in the show notes of this episode. Remember to follow us on all social media, Twitter at Persistent Nasty, Instagram at Persistent and Nasty, Facebook Persistent and Nasty. Send us a wee email to persistentandnasty at gmail.com. You can follow Louise and I on social media. Louise is at Ms. Louise Oliver on both Twitter and Instagram. And I am at Elaine Stirrett on Twitter and at Elaine.Stirrett on Instagram. Remember to like, download, share, review the episodes. It really makes a huge difference and gets our amazing guests heard by as many people as possible. For today's episode, ooh, maybe a... something sweet maybe I mean depending on if you do sugar Mm, I mean I know we shouldn't but you know um so maybe yeah maybe a fruit juice maybe uh some sort of frappuccino um coffee beer wine spirits non-alcoholic all of the above you know you can just have a good old cup of tea Sit back, relax, and enjoy. Today, Louise and I are joined by the brilliant Joyce Branner. Hello, hello. <laughs> Joyce, welcome to the podcast. Um, we are very excited to have you. Um, for those people who don't know who you are, can you give us a little potted history of yourself? Oh, God, can I? Um, <laughs> you know. uh, so I'm, uh, I'm mostly a theatre director. I'm based in Yorkshire uh, these days, um, 
but I get about. I get about all over the place. Um, I also uh, write and I act a bit as well uh, uh, when people let me. And, uh, yeah, I, I started out a million years ago uh, at the Orange Tree Theatre in Richmond. I trained there as, a, as a, an assistant director and then did the regional young theatre director scheme at Bristol Old Vic. And I've sort of been bodding about ever since, really. Um, yeah, there you go. That, that's, that's, that, that's the main stuff. We may, may talk about other things uh, in the next few minutes. So along the way, I, that it's brilliant. I love that you're like, when people let you, it's such an actor, like professional thing. It's like, when people let us do what we want to do. Well, I think it, I think it comes from being mostly a theatre director and it's only kind of in the last maybe 10 years or so that I've I've been doing the acting and um it does feel a bit like someone's gonna sort of sort of stand up in the audience go no 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 you should be out here with your notebook that's where you should be come on get back in your box uh so yeah so that's why it just feels a bit I feel a bit naughty uh when I'm doing it uh but I do like it so and and and, and people do let me so you know hey why not exactly <laughs> so. exactly we've all, we've all got to pay those bills exactly. um, yeah I do love that though I love the um get back in your box that thing yeah well we do like to kind of sort of decide what people are don't we and then and like you know as actors you'll know that they'll go would you well you're that sort of person and you can only do that sort of part you're very good at it but we couldn't possibly consider you for this sort of part because because I haven't got enough brain to think about you in that sort of part and I'm, I'm probably guilty of it as well but I try not to be uh yeah so I think somebody it I think it feels a bit sometimes when I do acting for some people I feel it's a bit like um it's a bit like undercover boss. It feels like it feels like the managers just come down onto the shop floor and uh, what the what the fuck are you doing here? You know, you know, get back upstairs. So, um, but yes, but I yeah, but as I keep saying, I enjoy it. So uh, when I'm allowed, I do I do a little bit of that. I love it. And are you in Yorkshire just now? I am in Yorkshire just now. I've just come back from the festival, which was um, it felt very hectic. I live in a I live in a very small town, and, um, and uh, I haven't because of uh, COVID and whatnot. I haven't eaten. So Manchester's my nearest big city, and I haven't even been into Manchester that much over the last couple of years. And suddenly Edinburgh in, in full swing, and everyone was going. Oh, it was very quiet this year, isn't it? And I was going. Feels pretty hectic to me. Feels like a lot of people, a lot of people shoving into me. I kind of looking at the Royal Mile going, oh, I think I'll go a different way, actually. Yeah, I don't know where people are getting this idea that it's quiet. I like came out into Assembly Square uh, the other day, or uh, George Square, on a Monday, and the place was absolutely hoaching. I was like, it's not quiet. <laughs> Oh well, there you go. There you go. Thank you for for making yeah. it all better. I thought I was just country bumpkin, just kind of going. No, no, no definitely not. Definitely not. I think I think sales might be quiet. I don't know if the city is quiet. Um, and I think that is definitely um, yes, that's definitely a difference. Um, yeah. I know it's strange, isn't it, being back? Yeah, yeah. No, but it's it's. I mean. 
as well as being ah hectic it was also woo hectic it was quite exciting and um i yeah exciting just to see yeah so many uh performers just all hanging out together and and uh and uh, having fun and uh yeah and just generally just seeing shows and having a beer which you know, <laughs> you can't get much better than that, really, can you? Yeah, Seeing shows and having a beer. Marvellous. So, uh, yeah, so that was... Oh, nobody yeah. have a beer at Summerhall because it's £7.20 a pint and <gasps> Summerhall, I'm calling you out. Like... They, they were, yeah, I have to say, I was glad I was only up there for a few days because <laughs> I was like a couple of times. I said, you know, I'll get the drinks. Fuck me. Jesus. <laughs> <laughs> I just take out a second mortgage on my house now that I've just bought around. Uh, yeah, make them last. Yeah, yeah. No, that's, just, that's your one and only drink. Yeah, that's it. That's all you're getting. Drink it slowly. <laughs> so tell us about the show. Tell us about it. Right. So classic is on uh, the Pleasant one, and it is an absolute romp of silliness. It is. Um, as many novels as we can fit into an hour, which, uh, oh, spoiler, 42. That's how many we can fit in, <laughs> into an hour. So you might gauge from that number that we're maybe not being as precise and maybe doing all the nooks and crannies of every novel. Um, it's, yeah, it's daft. It's, um, you don't need any prior knowledge. Uh, I've got an, uh, it's it's a great script by Lindsay Williams and Peter Kerry, who've just written a big load of silliness and just got the essence of the novels, um, but done them like some sort of crazy rampant uh, parody. Um, some great music uh, by Louis Ashton uh, Butler that that just is is daft we do test of the d'urbervilles as a barbershop quartet uh so this you sort of that kind of thing and i've got six amazing amazing performers who um who are just you know when people have just got funny bones they're those kind of people you know they just they take their script and then they lift it uh another level up as well and are just you know, they'll just sort of do a look to audience and have everyone creasing. And I just love that. I'm just in awe of their their ability to be funny and just and in rehearsals, just coming up with so many ideas and suggestions. And, you know, what if I do it in this voice choice? You know, that kind of, uh, you know, what what if I, I could be hit in the face here? OK, try that. <laughs> you know, so, uh, yeah, so it. It feels like a lovely blend of a, a, a wonderful bit of comic writing, great novels that we base it on, and then these wonderful performers who are all doing their stuff, all orchestrated by the lovely Tom, who's doing amazing projection and lights and silly sound effects and all of that uh, from the box as well. So just a lovely team working on it. Yeah, that sounds great. It sounds like <clears throat> like perfect festival show, just fun. It's fun. It's not deep. <laughs> if you want deep, it's not the show. But yeah, it's and it's and you know, we joke about the fact that, you know, come along and see our show and you don't have to read all those classic novels. Uh which obviously 
you know, maybe we haven't got every nuance, but you you do get a gist. You get a gist, you know, of Wuthering Heights, of War and Peace, of uh, Pride and Prejudice. You know, you, you'd be able to blag it in the bar afterwards. You know? <laughs> <laughs> just, oh, yeah, no, I love the uh, the deep thing of, uh, you know, when Tessa's baby dies. Yeah, no, I got that, yeah, from the Bob Shop Quartet. Uh, you know, so, you know, it's, uh, it's daft in that way, but it's, you know, you might actually go and pick one up. I know, I know when we, we did... Um, the whole thing started out as a 15-minute piece of Wuthering Heights in 15 minutes. And um, uh, and it went down a storm, which is why we're here. Um, and I know that uh, several people did say, I'm going to go and read that now. So you do feel like, yes, excellent. Yeah, do go and read it and see what all the fuss is about and uh, see if you like it. And don't, yeah, don't just listen to Kate Bush and us. You know, there's 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 more to Wuthering Heights than that. But yeah, it's, uh, it's yeah, it's fun. That's what I'll say. It's fun. Great. Um, I mean, it sounds lots of fun. And as you say, 42 books and one show. So you were they at the start of the kind of conception idea of it? Yeah, well, not at the, the, the very start. So Peter and, and uh, Lindsay had this idea of, uh, so there's a, there's a thing that's been going in Manchester for a few years called JB Shorts. And it's a whole load of people who work in telly, like, like uh, Peter and, and uh, Lindsay. Um, so Peter works on Emmerdale and Lindsay in the past uh, has worked on Corrie and is now a producer on Waterloo, the new, newly booted up Waterloo Road, which is coming to our screens next year. Um, so, yeah, there was this, this group of them and they decided, right, we all work in telly, but we love theatre. So they, they organised this night just in a little pub theatre of 15-minute uh, plays. So you'd get six 15-minute plays in an evening you know very much set in a bar so three 15 minute plays go and have a beer watch another three 15 minute plays a lot of comedy in there some straight stuff uh and it was their turn to write and they just decided that they were going to do Wuthering Heights in 15 minutes and then they got me on board and uh and it was great so then and then we did War and Peace in 15 minutes <laughs> which is a bit more of a challenge but we managed and then we just then they went you know I think we could do a whole a whole show of this and so and so here it's here it's come and it's yeah it's been lovely that was it's probably about six years ago uh when we first did Wuthering Heights so it's it's been so lovely to then see it um in Edinburgh with a full audience really loving it and and getting that whole getting the whole gamut of it and and the silliness and getting the audience on board uh so the premise is can we need to do 42 books in an hour Otherwise, we don't break the world record. And if we don't break the world record, we won't get the funding for our company. So come on. And it feels like the whole audience get on board, you know, like, oh, my God, we've only done 10. <laughs> you know, it's that kind of thing. So it's, it's got this lovely momentum. And it, you feel like the audience are really with you by the end of just going, yeah. Well, I don't want to spoil it, but yeah. <laughs> so... <laughs> No, you know, it changes every night and maybe some nights they might not make, I don't know, but I've spoiled it. Yeah. get there. I mean, it just sounds like the kind of, as I say, the perfect kind of fringe show. Yeah. There's so many shows at the festival and I always, I have such love for everybody that brings something to the festival because it's such hard fucking work. 
and it's money that's more than likely out of your own pocket that you'll probably never see again and you know just to create your piece of art and put it out there for the world and hope someone comes to see it is I just think it's everybody deserves a, a big lot of love for doing that yeah yeah, well, well we're, yeah, we're lucky enough that we've got um, Hope Mill Theatre and her productions who are producing it, who who saw the original Wuthering Heights. Uh, uh, Hannah from her production sort of saw it and went, she, she does a lot of female-based uh, theatre and all-female Shakespeare's and, and, uh, and yeah, and she, she was a huge fan of it. And then she uh, went to Hope Mill and went, I think we need to produce this show I think it's amazing. So, um, uh, yeah, so Hope Mill and, and Hannah luckily have produced the finance. So n- none of us are, uh, are out of pocket, apart from Hope Mill and Hannah, <laughs> who are now crossing their fingers that people come. But, um, but yeah, that's been a huge boost because, as you know, it's, it's so difficult. I've looked into it a few times and just gone, I can't make the numbers work. I can't. The chances of me even coming out, you know, even are slim to nil. And like you say, it's so hard. So, and especially I think uh, people who are bringing up um, straight drama, I think it's it's quite hard because the, the, the comedy influence is so strong here. I think the odd one does brilliantly, but, you know, it's hard to be that one, isn't it? You've got to have a, you've got to have an absolute corker. Yeah. yeah. And I think it's, it's being tuned into exactly what might work. And it sounds like maybe from probably quite early on in the process, you guys were like, yeah, this this could do Edinburgh and this will do, this will do the thing. Well, we certainly thought that, yeah. I mean, you know, we're early days yet, but it seems, you know, I'm touching lots of wood. <laughs> <laughs> it seems that people coming along and, and, and having a good laugh. And that's, I mean, literally that's all it's there for. It's not deep. It's not uh, meaningful. But it's, it is just, just sit back and have some fun. And just remember a couple of those very silly moments later and have a chuckle later on the bus. And it's, yeah, and then maybe pick up one of those books. That would be lovely if we if people said, oh, actually, it made me think, oh, I've never read, uh, you know, uh, Moby Dick. I must, I must, uh, must have a read. But yeah, so it's, um, yeah. It's it, it's it's fun and uh, it's lovely. It's really really gratifying to have actually finally got it here because obviously COVID did some naughty things to us as well. Um, but yeah, it's uh, yeah, it's it's a relief and a joy to see it on stage. Yeah, I just I I think you know the powerful plays the straight plays they're all important and all needed but at the festival it can be so overwhelming so just to go and have a laugh for an hour is just it's just really what you need to <laughs> and the festival you're holding on to your sanity halfway through the month <laughs> yeah. like I don't know what day it is I don't yeah. even know my name anymore <laughs> And, you know, an audience, a uh, tuned-in fringe audience score will look for that balanced day, won't they? will go, right, this is when I'm going to have a laugh. This is when I'm going to take in my serious theatre moment. Yeah. And if I can fit in something else fantastic. You know, it's an average of about three, isn't it? And you want that that good time to go with your important work stage play that you say me, me, maybe see at the Traverse later in the day. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Louise is on... Um... Show, you've seen 28 shows in six days, haven't you? 
Yeah, something like that. It might be a bit more than that, actually, now, yeah. Which is why I look a little like I've been burning the candle at both ends, because I have. <laughs> oh, wow. Wow. Yeah. I, I have not, mad. I would like to see. <laughs> wow. 28. Yeah. I think it's more than that now. It might be closer to 30 now, but yeah. Yeah, and it'll be, it'll, it'll be at least 30, maybe 35 by the end of the week. I know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I'm clearly... <laughs> I don't know quite how I've managed it. It's it's mental. Are you merging them now? Are you sort in your mind? Are you kind of going, oh, that musical that had the death scene that with the funny stand-up man? Oh no, that's three different shows. A little bit, yeah. There's a little yeah. bit of that. And what I will say, like I did sex in one day uh, this week, and it's just not it's just not the approach because that middle bit you lag, and I just don't think you're in you're as tuned in as maybe you could be. So like I think. Three, absolute four, max in a day is a nice balance. And just make sure you hydrate and eat in between. That would be my top tip. I, I think you need to do, I think three max in a day. Like, yeah. I think, like maybe that's just me. Because also you've got to get around Edinburgh. Yeah, I think it's, I think though, well, you're mad because you're obviously staying there. But for people who <laughs> yeah. like me who are going up for three days, you're just trying to get in as many as you can, um, which I've done in the past. I I remember just slightly nodding off in 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 one, and I just thought, oh, that's not very fair because it's not a bad show. I'm just full up. <laughs> of of things and uh yeah and then there's a oh and there's a couple uh, that i saw that i was you know like five minutes in you're like uh-oh uh-oh can i get out can i get out without oh shit i'm in the middle of a row fuck <laughs> maybe i'll get better oh it's yeah. not oh it's not <laughs> oh shit Oh, all yeah. parts, all part of the rich tapestry. You've just got oh, at that point. Except now, though, it's like you know, for people who can't really afford to do that. Like, I think this is the thing with the festival that just upsets me so much. Because when I was training, you could go, I could go to the festival and like take a punt on a show for two pounds fifty, and if it was shit, it was shit. But I'd only spent two pounds fifty on it. It wasn't like a big deal. Or like even when they still had the half price huts that they used to yeah, have which yeah. they've got rid of ah, um, yeah which is just yeah festival we need to have a chat um we're not as accessible as we should be um no. well i know quite a few people who uh, uh, uh i don't know if they've decided to not come but they're definitely tossing up whether to come just because to stay to stay for a couple of days the travel lodge the travel lodge is over two hundred pounds a night. Fuck's sake! You know, and that's you go outrageous. Just uh, and that's not luxury. <laughs> um, yeah. So yeah, it's it's tricky. So yeah, I don't know. I don't know if I'd have been able to afford to come if. I wasn't already with the show, if that makes yeah. Yeah, yeah totally. No, it de- definitely does. And um, obviously, your team is like total mix, total 50 50, I think. Um, yes, yes. Yeah, yeah. Which, we've got. Is oh, that sorry. something that you try? No, no, no. Is that something that you try and have on kind of most jobs, Joyce, or is it? I do, or actually, um, if I can, I have uh, more women if 
you know, just because I just feel like we're all doing that little crusade just to try and even things up a bit, that if I can if I can get more lasses on stage uh, and uh, more older lasses if I can, uh, then then I'm sort of trying to even things up a wee bit. Um, so, yeah, so um, I'm uh, – I've last – when did I do it? Just before uh, lockdown, I – uh, wrote and uh, was in a play uh, called Ladies That Bus, and that was for uh, three women um, and doing lots of characters and stuff. We were all over 40, uh, and we're doing, uh, we've just got funding through, yay, for a sequel, not a sequel, sequel, but you know, it, with the same thing called Ladies That Dig. And uh, this for this time, we've uh, we've got another we've got another amped one on board. Amped up, got we've amped it up. There's well. four of us now. Uh, who's she? Who's younger and and beautiful and uh, and stuff? So um, and she can sing like a bird. So that's lovely. Um, so yeah, so so I do stuff like that, and like I kind of mentioned her productions before, sort of involved with their all-female Shakespeare's and um yeah I try and I try and sort of do that where I can where, where I can get involved in that I write pantomimes as well and try and again where I can sort of just try and tip the balance in the females favor um and just uh and just yeah see what we can do just to yeah balance things up a bit yeah, redress that a little bit. Yeah. Um, like, just obviously as a female theatre director, um, what's the kind of, what's it been like? Have you noticed a shift in the industry, do you think? Or is there still like a real, our female directors are still really having to push? Because it, sometimes it looks like there's a shift, but then I'm like, hmm. I think, I think it's definitely getting better, uh, but we're not there. That's what I would say. I think it's, it's. I mean, so the the thing that I talked about, JB Shorts, um, this thing in Manchester that that, that happens sort of, it still happens sort of twice a year. Um, I remember being involved in one. I, I was in one, and uh, and I just sent around an email just to everyone involved. Bearing in mind, there's six shows with six casts, six writers, six directors, and all that. I said um, just to point out that there was this thing. There'd been one of those um, stats things that had come out recently saying two-thirds of parts are men, two-thirds of directors are men, two-thirds of writers are men. And I said, you know, we're doing new stuff, but doing the stats, two-thirds of the writers are men, two-thirds of the directors are men, two-thirds of the actors are men. Just saying, you know, just to kind of keep in mind, blah, blah, blah. And most people went, oh, that's maybe maybe we've done better in the past. But, yeah, I see what you're saying. Um, uh, I got pushback from two women. Yeah. Um, one was a director who said, I don't want to just be given a directing job just because I'm a woman. And I was very much that literally not what I'm saying. I think, though, that we're all guilty of having our – um, clique is the wrong word, but, uh, but our, our knowledge base. And if you want to change things, you just got to get out there a bit more and find out who's out there. You don't need to give someone who's rubbish a job, <laughs> but you just need to think about it and maybe not just give it to your mate straight away. Um, and the other person was one of the writers who said, I don't see that there's a problem, but she'd written a two-hander for two women. So 
anyway so um but it was really nice because one of the blokes uh, who'd written a three-hander for for three blokes said do you know what my mate came along last night and said do you know what that part there could have been a woman and he said I'd literally just not thought about it and I said and that's why I wrote the email not I'm not saying it was wrong and it's just more just to think about it and I remember um Kay Mella being uh uh interviewed about it um and she said it's just because it's ingrained we don't know how much it's ingrained into us and she said so I'm writing a tv script and I goes she goes to see the doctor he tells her hang on he or she tells her you know it's just you know because I she said I've got it in my head that doctors are blokes and she said you know because I have to think about it and I think um I, because I work a lot in comedy, um, I think certainly when I was starting out, there was this, you know, women aren't funny thing, or women can be sort of funny, but it's a certain type of funny. If you want people falling over, you definitely go for the blokes. Um, and weirdly, as a director, it was really hard to find women who could do that kind of broad comedy. And I was sort of getting frustrated with it because I was saying, I want to cast women, where are they? And I think it was that thing of it just ingrained into you that you don't do those kind of things because you don't look nice or do you know what I mean? And I think that's changed and that's lovely. So um, so in classic, we've got three very funny girls who are all up for looking absolutely ridiculous. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that that has changed over over the last 20 years. And, um, and that's brilliant to see. And um, whenever I find uh, come across funny women, uh, I try and sort of put them in my pocket a little bit, <laughs> just kind of go, oh, they're good, they're funny. Um, and just sort of then keep, you know, keep them in mind for, for things. And and also people ask me, which is nice. They go, oh, you know funny women. Who's, <laughs> I need to cast this part. Who should I get? Uh, and then you can sort of you can sort of pass people on. Do you know what I mean? You could be your, like, <laughs> subtitle, Joyce Branner, correct? Collector of Funny Women. Yeah. <laughs> it's like I've got them in a little basket yeah. uh, you know, just in the corner of the room and uh, I go oh, oh my gosh you might want Jane for that here you go <laughs> but really, really funny so- what you've just said about um not wanting to look having to look pretty quote unquote or like beautiful and that thing of like what we consider ugly faces and things like that mm. um and I, and I do always think that comes a lot from drama school and when you're training, especially when you're a female, about being pretty and attractive and, you know, being slim, staying slim and don't put on any weight. Cause, and you're like, do you know we're women? And, like, sometimes we go through, we've got hormones and, you know, changes happen. And But it's just really, because yesterday we were chatting to... Um, a brilliant performer who had been at drama school and they told her that she had stuff wrong with her face because of how she made expressions. Oh, man. Sorry, I didn't <laughs> I'm just shaking my head. That's not helpful on, on a podcast, is it? Uh, I do I know. It all the time. It's just, yeah, it's, uh, it's, it is that thing of, of that sort of vulgar, broad, looking ugly humor that I think 
we're only yeah we're only just starting it to allow people allow women to do or or that they feel that they can and still have a sex life yeah it's I mean there have been people but it's it, I don't know it's sort of they've been sort of few and far between haven't they sort of like kind of I don't know Dawn French springs to mind as somebody who would always go for that kind of daft humor but yeah it's 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 annoying I'm I'm sad that you, that you found that because obviously you're a lot younger than me and um I hope drama schools aren't still spouting out that shit um I know, I know they they don't do, don't seem to do much comedy. That's what I find when I when I go along, because um, I go sort of periodically and and do things and and sometimes doing comedy with the, the students just feels like pulling teeth because they want to Stanislavski it and I'm like, well, it won't be funny. <laughs> you can you can and, and they were like, I want to be truthful. And I went, yeah, it is truthful, but it's a different kind of truth and it's. Um, and they seem to vary from either emoting or going, whoops, there goes my bloomers. And I'm going, all oh, right, so there's some middle ground here where we're still hitting the truth of the moment, but it's heightened because for this person, this ridiculous thing is incredibly important. So it's still truthful for them, but it's within this kind of weird box and trying to get them into that's really tricky because I think because they haven't done it much. And I think, because oh, I thump on about this, I think comedy isn't rated in the same way that drama is, which is annoying because as we've just discussed, when people go to a festival and they want to enjoy themselves, they do go and see a drama, but they'll probably go and see three comedies as well. Um, and you just go, well, comedy isn't lesser. I think that's what we think. We think, um, and I, I, I feel like the people who come to me to ask, <laughs> have you got any funny women? Who do you know that would be able to do this? No fucking hundreds of women who can cry on cue. Do you know what I mean? So it's, I don't know that. And I know that's difficult as well. I know straight drama is difficult, but I kind of, I, I just think we undervalue the skills required for comedy. The people that, um, so I, I do a lot of pantomime, I direct pantomime, I'm in pantomime, I write pantomime. And the people sometimes who come in, they've got no awareness of what that craft is. And it is a craft and it's it's hard. It's really hard to be, funny and engaging and like if you're the baddie be scary but funny um and if you're the goodie be uh, wholesome yet not want to slap them <laughs> Do you know what I mean? um and be able to fall over on cue you know uh, 10 times a day without hurting yourself uh and be funny you know it's 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 hard and um and I think it's not yeah it's not respected as a as an art form in the in the same way that if you you know if you do hamlet that people go oh it's amazing um <laughs> i just go yeah yeah it's, i love what you're saying because i feel like um and some of the most memorable hamlet some of the most memorable bits of serious shakespeare that i have in my head are, are the ones that found the light and shade and found the humor and the darkest moments and it feels so blunt and sadly i think this is still going on at drama school 
um, from the discussions I've been having. It's very unnuanced and very blunt to either go with what's broad comedy or drama or neither of the two shall meet and you want to be focusing on this one if you're serious or legitimate. And that's just not true. Like, it, I, I write as well, whenever I write, and even when I'm an actor, I'm always going, where can I find the humour? Where's the humour in this? And particularly as a Scottish person, humour is a fundamental fact of our lives. Like, <laughs> even in the darkest moments, we are laughing at ourselves because you have to. And I think it's just to pretend that life isn't all about laughing so you don't cry in your drama or in your content. It's just like you're missing the point, guys. You're missing the point. So I'm totally yeah. on board with you. I was like, yeah. Yeah, Not definitely. Today. Well, I have directed Hamlet and I did try and find the comedy because because so much of it's so dark. You need that just to because otherwise it's hours and hours of relentless drama uh, and you need. And, and also, if you want to give a shit about him, <laughs> you, you want to kind of like him and think, oh, he's witty and fun and normally, but he's having a bit of a bad time right now, you know. Um, so, yes, you want to see those glimpses. And, yeah, and I think it's it's hugely important. I Like, like you say, I try and find uh, the comedy in the dark stuff. And that's my favourite type of theatre, that, that it fuses them, you know, that it has has those moments of um, uh, of poignancy and and stuff but but you you also get to laugh. so like, you know, if you can if you can go to a show and you can laugh your socks off and cry a little bit that's amazing uh, so yeah yeah I, I, yeah I totally agree and I love that you mentioned the craft of panto because I think it's and kind of what you're saying that almost like it's looked down upon but for most actors and most performers that's where that's their kind of guaranteed job of that year is pantomime yeah. and it is a craft and it is most people's first experience of being in the theater yeah um and actually and I think it's so interesting that we're talking about this about you know drama schools getting pushed more towards the um, drama and the serious and the straight play that's the fucking easier shit to do doing comedy is hard it is I think it is uh, but yeah because I think yeah well I do think that <laughs> I, know, I know that I have to trawl through people trying to get people who who can who can properly make me laugh you know and and just have that thing and it's uh, so for classic, we because uh, because it's not pantomime, but it's got a lot of those sort of skills. Um, we saw loads of people, and uh, so Robin uh, Simpson and Amy Drake, who were in it, have been in it since that first Wuthering Heights. We very much kept hold of them, um, and the others, you know, we loads of auditions and and stuff. And and I uh, I remember. Um, so Louis, who is our actor muso in it, who's 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 Australian and uh, has never been anything anything like this before, Joyce. <laughs> I've never done anything like this. Uh, it's a dreadful uh, Australian accent. Sorry, Louis, if you ever listen to this. But um, I remember we were in the audition. And I was going, yeah, that, but times ten. Yeah, that. But take all of the moments. Yeah, do that. But you know, and just sort of, and then just sort of these light bulbs going on. Oh. Oh, you mean like this? Yes, there we go. And I say, I don't think a, a, a single person came through the door who immediately got the style. And whereas I think if you're doing a drama, I think there's a more obvious thing. And then you you maybe 
there's some people who can give the truth of that uh, just an extra zing can't they but um but yeah no i think it's a it's a hugely underrated skill and i bang on about it <laughs> all the time um but yeah there's going to be um the university of stafford are setting up a pantomime uh, course which some people again have been very sniffy about but again if you if you like me and you go oh we get so many people through the door who don't know what they're doing uh you go oh yeah that's great and also it will stand them in good stead for just general comedy plays and uh working in children's theater and and stuff like that that you that you know it's 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 tricky and it's um yeah, it, it, it's to be learnt. And some people sort of learn on the job, you know, and can and it's it's great, in fact, to see people that you sort of take a bit of a punt on when they're, I don't know, they're 21 or something, and you go, they've got a lovely voice, they've got a twinkle in their eye, they're not getting all the jokes, but I think they will. And then you, you just see them blossom through the run of going, oh, and they're watching the other people and going, oh, I can do this. Oh right! Okay. Oh, I can do a. I don't need to do a double take. I can do a. I can do a quadruple take, <laughs> because that, that's okay as long as I believe that it's that important. You know that will work, and you know just doing stuff like that. It's it's lovely. It's really great. This is like I've talked about this so many times in this last week alone about learning on the job and how everybody thinks that you've got to go and train and you know all of that and just this how sad it is that we've lost rep because it's you know it is it was a training ground and the best possible kind of training ground because you yeah. learn your craft as you're doing your craft with other people someone who's maybe been doing it for 10 years somebody who's been doing it for 40 and you've got all yeah. that experience in a room and it's just that's what creates brilliant work I think yeah. um, I, I worked I worked on a, a lovely play um a, a musical earlier this year by Tim Firth at Chester Story House, a new musical called Now Is Good. And of the six in the cast, four were over 70. And uh, no, it's crazy. Um, and uh, one 40-year-old and one 28-year-old. And it was so lovely to see. They, they all worked brilliantly together and were all best mates and taking the mickey out of each other. <laughs> Um, all the time but it was um, it was just so lovely to see yeah literally see them picking up stuff both ways actually because um, the 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 younger ones were maybe uh, less perturbed so they were kind of bolstering you know and going oh no you're amazing no you've just got to do this thing and oh, do you want me to run that scene with you um, and then and then the older ones have just had this grace and amazing comic timing and uh they just knew what they were doing do you know what I mean and it was just it was lovely to see that crossover um and it did make me think oh this is must have been what rep was like that whole whole yeah learning from from older actors and younger actors and, and getting that pep from the younger actors and the experience from the older actors um but yeah it was amazing it was great fun to do well, love it. Yeah, what a lovely space to be in as well. What kind of outfit is this? <laughs> I know, I know. Really professional. I don't know. I mean, it's like super professional. Yeah. 
Um, I think the thing that I just wanted to mention as well before we kind of kind of come to our last question is I love how much you have going on and just that our listeners are able to hear that you don't always have to be in London to make art. No. And I think it's so important because there's always that drive. And, you know, we're in Scotland and there's both the reason I have had this conversation many times about, oh God, like when we were younger, should we have moved to London? That question, but wanting to like create art where you're from is I think a really beautiful thing. Um, But just, I think it's great that people are hearing that you're in Yorkshire and doing all this stuff. Yeah, well, I was was in London uh, for about 15 years and it's hard, it's hard. I mean, yes, there's loads going on. So that's amazing. But there are a lot of people as well. So a lot of people all trying to get those jobs, those parts, whatever. Uh, and it's expensive. My goodness, it's expensive. And um, when I first moved up to Yorkshire, I was a bit worried I would never, ever work again because nobody knew who I was. But, and it took a little while. But then um, as, as you do, you have amazing Scottish scene. There's all sorts of different uh, Scottish theatres that, that, and, and lots of obviously Scottish actors and stuff, um, peppered with some people from down south. <laughs> um, but, yeah, sort of Yorkshire, Lancashire um, and down into sort of Staffordshire, there's, there's, a, there's a lovely sort of community of, of practitioners who move from place to place. There's lots going on. And um, uh, and like so, w- w- one of our actors, Althea Bury, was just down in um, uh, London for a few years, and she's from Manchester, and she's just moved back up because she sort of she came up to do a workshop with us on this, and she went, "I'm th- I'm thinking of moving up. I'd move up, move up. It'll be great." Uh, and so she has, <laughs> not because just because of that. I'm sure there were other factors, <laughs> but um, but just that there is other work out there and you know you can hop on a extortionally expensive train and go down to London uh, for those auditions as well and um, and I still think that's probably cheaper to do the odd extortionate train fare than live in London um, but it's yeah it's it, it's amazing there's lots of of great stuff I got a bit annoyed in London before I left uh, that a lot of the London theatres it felt to me were doing theatre for other theatre people. Do you know what I mean? They were, it was a new take on this. No, how terribly clever that he's done it like that because when you look back to, you know, the 1992 version, blah, 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 you know, and it was just sort of, yeah, theatre for theatre people. Whereas I don't want to do that. I want to do theatre for people who don't know anything about theatre and just want a nice night out. Um, And so I think... Um, with the regional reps that are in Yorkshire, Lancashire, Stafford, and all around there, that, that's what you get, and I love that. And um, and I get—I don't know the Scottish team, but but that's what I I get the feeling that that's what happens in Scotland as well. Sort of anywhere that's not London, really, <laughs> not central London, even. I think so, that's yeah. so important. That's how our art form's going to survive. Like, we, you know, we can't just be making theatre for theatre people because. You know, like the way the world's going and we look at the country and funding and all of that, if the if the regular people aren't being excited by what we do, then why would they want their tax money to go to fund us? Exactly. Exactly. And it's it's 
it's it's I, I like both I like that sort of both are happening that you've kind of got these edgy things that maybe not lots of people be into but they're trying stuff out and that's great but also I don't think there's anything wrong with a bit of populism uh, and just because I mean, uh, yeah I got a review recently that sort of suggested that our show was really funny and had lots of belly laughs in it but you know I was like what the I'm okay with that. I'm okay with that. And um and I yeah, sign me up. Thanks very much. I know. I'm kind of well. If you didn't want to have fun, that's fine. And if you wanted something a bit deeper, that's fine. It's not the show for you. But it's I don't know. It was just it was being quite sniffy, and I was just thinking, oh well, okay. (laughs) Just yeah. Sometimes I think reviewers, but like we don't really want to be told how smart you are we want to hear about the show so like pointing out that maybe you felt there should have been something more worthy about it a wee bit more about you yeah. or the fact that this is the fifth show you've seen today you know yeah. the fact that it's funny is, is yeah. <laughs> I don't know because if you hadn't found it funny I'd go oh fair enough we've sort of we've missed the mark there um <laughs> but actually, to use the word belly laughs and uh, standout performances, and you know, and still make it a bit sniffy, like, okay, I don't understand. Never mind. What can you do? Uh, what can you do? But yeah, it's. Um, we, sorry. And um, before we ask our final question, Lou, you can ask the final question. Sure. Um, I'm just going to let the listeners know all the details um, for the show just so that they have it. So we'll also put it in the show notes of the episode, but it's classic at Pleasance One and it is at 2.40, correct? Yes, it is. 42 shows in an hour. Yeah. <laughs> just a little jingle for you there. If you want to just snip that out and use it, you're welcome. Thank you. I mean... <laughs> I'm, I'm really grateful thanks for that yeah um, okay so just before we wrap up we do have one final question that we ask all our guests um so the name of our podcast series and uh initiative is persistent and nasty and that came from moments in the culture back in 2018 that resonated with us it was the moment with elizabeth warren being uh referred to as being overly persistent nevertheless she persisted etc plus uh a particular um, dark moment in American politics when somebody was in charge and referred to Hillary Clinton as a nasty woman simply for doing her job and having a bit of integrity and presenting him with facts. So we're all going to be claiming certain words, so that's why that ended up in there. So that's the context. Uh, but we would like to ask our guests, when they hear it, when they hear, oh, you're going to talk on the persistent and nasty podcast, what does that mean to you? What do you think of? What does please persistent and nasty mean to you when you hear it well I was a bit worried at first uh about the last <laughs> bit not not the persistent bit I think persistent is 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 uh what we need to be and I think it is that it is that um uh, but I don't think we need to be nasty about it um uh I think nasty is just somebody saying uh, having taken a negative take on persistent isn't it and it's just that it's we, we do keep need to knock at these doors and keep pointing stuff out, um, maybe occasionally in a loud, nasty way. But we need to 
Yeah, just keep reminding people that we're here. We're half the population. It's not, we're not a minority. Um, So, um, yeah, listen to us. um, You know, that whole thing in theatre of who buys the fucking tickets, you know, just, you know, if for no other fucking reason, listen to us, you know, because, you know, we're there, we're there going, John, do you want to go and see a show on Thursday? So it's us, you know, picking and choosing. And yeah, we, yeah, keep, keep banging down the doors. Keep being persistent. Keep, keep annoying people. Keep on. Excellent. Yeah. Thank you so much. Yeah. Joyce, thank you so much for joining us today. It's been a pleasure to chat with you and um, everybody get yourself along to see Classic. Thanks Um, very much. Thank you. Until next time, lovely listeners, stay nasty. nasty.